This is the Mile High Five podcast with Carl Jensen and Doug Cunnington. We have authentic conversations about the journey to Phi, health, happiness, and some very odd tangents. We interview Phi experts, side hustlers, people on their way to Phi, and those who have reached the other side. Join us every week, and if you want the show notes and links and all that other stuff, head over to milehighfi.com. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Mile High Five podcast. My name is Doug Cunnington, and I have a special co-host today. It's Dusty Young joining us again. How's it going? Great. How are you? Doing awesome. I think Carl is, I don't have any excuses for him. He's probably doing something cool, hanging out mm-hmm. with his family. Yes. I won't throw him under he the bus is, this time. He's having amazing experiences with his family. Today, kind of a random episode. We're going to talk um, credit card points and you know a little bit how we use travel points or maybe we don't use them that well. We're going to talk about um, just an issue I've had lately with dealing with my own psychology. It's all about cognitive biases, which we've recorded a lot about before. And I've been str- I've been struggling with it and I actually wrote it out and I sound like a fucking lunatic. Um, but hopefully it won't be that bad once we talk about it. And we'll also talk a little bit about uh, businesses. So I have my own company that I've been running and you have like Airbnb and properties and such. So we'll talk a little bit on the business side. Quick disclaimer, uh, this whole thing is just entertainment. It's not financial advice. It's not legal advice. It's not um, any sort of health advice. It is barely entertainment. So seek professional help is what we're trying to say. You are choosing to listen to this (laughs) at your own risk. (laughs) Yeah. And then uh, finally, we're going to talk about saying no, why it's hard to say no, which could be a whole episode, but we both had- actually start there. I think that's why I'm here today. (laughs) I know. I know. She actually, this is the second one today. She was about to leave. I think it was my fault for confusing. I said something weird and um, she was trying to leave and I was like, Dusty, you can't leave the basement. It got weird, but she was like, all right, fine. No, it's, it's, I was like, it's oh, cool. I don't know how to say no. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. Yeah, it was just a miscommunication on my part, I think, right? I yes. told you you could see Georgie and you were like, all right, I I'm did. getting out of here. Thought, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, a lot of random stuff today. And uh, before we get into the details, uh, Dusty, what's new with you? Um, any fun, I don't know, travel things, anything going on over the weekend that you're doing that'll be fun? I am going to try to go to puppy yoga this weekend. So I'm kind of excited about that. A great way to get my puppy fixed without actually getting a puppy. Where's that at? I was looking it up because I was going to try and get it for Elizabeth for something. So don't, don't tell, have you already told her about it? No. Don't tell her because I will talk because I, I want to I want to get that for her. Yeah. Yeah. So they have two. They have one in Boulder, and I can send you the link. They also have one in Denver, and the one in Denver it's with Mile High Fi, Mile High Fi, Mile High Labs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's all Labradors, and it's actually like down by the old airport. So I don't know if you've been down in that area, but they have. Um, really cute ice cream place. They have lots of great restaurants. I can't remember what it's called, but the area is so, it's adorable. Cool. So. All right. That might be even more fun than the one in Boulder. Cool. That will be, that'll be pretty awesome. Yeah. And. 
Are you guys doing anything this weekend? Anything coming up? We do have, we have a couple things coming up. So one, we're going to a book of Mormon on Saturday, which I have not seen before. Uh, people can Google it if they, um, if they are unfamiliar, should be awesome. It's so good. I'm I'm pretty excited. And then we're about to go check out, um, Mesa Verde national park, which we're in a quest to visit all the national parks. We're not getting in a big hurry about it, but you know, we'll probably, you know, over the next several years go to, you know, five plus parks per year. So I think we're, we have some plans, but we're, we're going to go down there for about a week. And then I'm also, I'm generally taking like a lot of July and August off. So I'm recording like a lot of stuff pretty far ahead. And I haven't done this in a while. Like for a few years, I was trying to step back a little bit and I'd work pretty hard. And then I'd take like a month off, like two to three times per year, which was great. And I think now what I've done is just, I'm doing less each day in each week. So I usually only do stuff on like Tuesday through Thursday. And it's usually uh, very leisurely. And if I just don't have enough time to do stuff, I just stop and you know do something, uh, do something else that's not work. So it's good strategy. Yeah, it's very lazy. <laughs> but I've I've cultivated uh, my life so that I could be lazy and you know, take a nap. Like I hiked on Monday, and it was nice. And I was like, I'm a little tired. I think I'm going to take a nap. So I slept for like an hour before I did anything else. And yeah, it was pretty nice. Yeah. Do you nap much? No. I wish I was a better napper. It seems like a great goal. And recently, you know, people have been talking about coffee naps where you have a cup of coffee and then sleep for 20 minutes. It seems appealing. If I can't nap before, you know, like one or two I'm going to be up too late. Right. And I tend to wake up early. So yeah. Recipe. Well, the thing with, um, with naps is even if you don't fall asleep, at least you're laying in a quiet room, hopefully. And, uh, you're just like relaxing for a few minutes. Yeah. So I've tried the, the coffee nap. Um, it works. I mean, it works fine. I, I like coffee or caffeine or whatever, whatever you're taking, Meth. I don't know what kind of amphetamines <laughs> people are into, um, but the idea, the idea is it takes a few minutes for it to kick in. I don't know about the amphetamines or other kind of speed type stuff. Oh, what do you think, Dusty? Uh, You're an expert now. Yeah, I'm just I mean, kidding. I'm a meth expert. I'm a meth methpert. Uh, yeah, no so, idea. Okay, yeah. So I I encourage naps, but I mean, really, if you're getting enough sleep at night, then you know you're not going to be tired during the day. I, I'm not sure why those couple days I was a little tired, but um, yeah, I took a nap. It was good. So, all right. Sounds lovely. Let's get into more random stuff. Credit card points. I can't remember. Did I show you these notes beforehand? Do you have uh, <laughs> much to talk about? <laughs> so I'm curious what you do with credit card points and also how you think about credit card points. Okay. This, this was a topic of conversation on a recent hike that I was on and... You know, I think credit card points can be fantastic. I am pretty deliberate about checking my credit card offers every month. So when I get that email come in, 
I check and I see, okay, if I use my credit card, what are the benefits that I'm going to get? Is there an extra percentage off here, an extra percentage off there? Can I use it for something that I already have? And that all makes sense. And, you know, one of the things that was pointed out to me is a lot of times we purchase things with credit card points, purchase, it's still money, right? So it's not really free. We always say, oh, it's free. Well, you still have to deliberately set up a system so that you're earning the points so that then you can use them as money. Hmm. And that takes time. So, right. You know, so I'm curious what you do and how you op- how you maximize. I right. don't like that word either. Like, yeah, yeah. how do you just use it for your benefit? That's a better way to put it. Okay. So, I'm I'm pretty lazy about it. So, to stick with the laziness theme, so we have, and I'll tell you the cards specifically, um, we have a, like a Chase Freedom card, right? So basic, um, that's the card that I had, um, I think before we had got married and I think we had a family card that, that was that and it's fine. I think Chase, a lot of people do like Chase because of the flexibility with the points and transferring points to other programs and all that stuff. And I basically just use it normally, right? Um, We recently switched over to a Bank of America card that I think I want to say gives like one and a half or 2% cash back. It's sort of a higher end card and it's better than, you know, generally a lot of the cards out there. And I don't like, you know, you were saying, hey, I check to see where I can optimize whether it's gas or groceries or whatever. I never do that. I just buy the shit that I need at the time without consideration of all of that. And I don't optimize. So basically I just want the simplest card and I'm happy to give up the points for not have to make, uh, I guess it frees me from making the decision. Right. Um, I'll tell you all my stuff and then I'll kick it over to you. So I have a, a business. So I have a couple business cards. Both of them are paid. So it's 95 bucks a year for each one of them. One of them is the Chase Inc. And there are, you know, there's different levels. I think there's a free version and there's probably like a $500 version. $95 does it for me. Like those are the benefits that I need. And I, I think it's fine as far as like uh, getting, you know, earning points. And I had a good bonus when I, when I got the card, I also have a United card, which I realized I was going to be flying a little bit more. So they had a good bonus. I think I got 180,000 points if I spent $20,000 within six months, which I, you know, I tracked my spending. I knew I was going to be able to do that. So I got the card, got a shitload of points. So that's kind of how I manage it. I don't get new cards very often. I don't enjoy the the hassle. I don't enjoy the, some people really dig it, which is cool. That's great. Uh, just personally, I, I don't like to do it. So I don't optimize very well. Yeah. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I yeah. really like simplicity and that's kind of my approach too, is very simple. I do, like I said, I check the offers that come in mostly because there are usually discounts. 
to stores. So if I need to get something, then I might as well save money doing it. Right. So it just makes sense to me. Um, I also like the separation. So like you, I have a business. So I have business cards and I have personal cards. And that just makes it easy peasy. You know, like I have one card that I use for work. I used to travel a lot for work. So I have an American Express and comes with lots of benefits. They just recently had an Amazon discount where if you used it to purchase on Amazon, you got a significant discount. If you used your points, it's like 40% off select items. Oh, damn. Yeah. So it can be helpful to check those emails and to check those offers and see what's there. And also, if it's your thing, all power to you. If you get excited about how to get more points and where to best spend those points and to make them create returns, you should do it. There's a really great, um, have you been to the Choose FI, their credit card course, where it's all about points? I haven't, but I've heard of it. Yeah. So, and you've heard of it because it's great. It's a wonderful resource. If it's something that you're excited about, if, you know, you think, oh yeah, I do want to spend time seeing how many points this translates to or that translates to. I've had a lot of friends that have done a ton of travel on points. They get very excited about it. For me, it's a time factor. Like that's Mm -hmm. not what I want to spend my time diving deep into. Right. I just kind of want to keep it simple. I want to use my credit card so that things are easily bucketed. I'm getting some rewards. Right. And I'm happy. Cool. So we're kind of, yeah, we're on the same page. Like keep it simple. I will point out um, our friends, Stephen and Lauren over at Trip of a Lifestyle. They, I think, I don't remember how many cars they got, but I think over the course of two to three years, they got like $20,000 worth of bonuses, like cash back or point equivalent. I think they got something like 40 cards and they just sort of staggered it. And the thing is like, it's simple to do with one card, but it quickly gets a little complicated because, you know, you can't keep applying for like the same bank's card. You have to mm-hmm. give yourself a little time and you have to make sure if it's important that you like close the account so you don't have too many like revolving lines of credit and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I've interviewed Steven on that for my other show. So we'll link up to that if I can remember to uh, put the link for it. And you could, you know, do a system. You don't have to do it as aggressively as they did, but you could do it or you could do, you know, the spectrum, right? Whatever feels yeah. most comfortable for you. But I mean, it's a significant amount of money that over, um, you know, basically a small amount of time that doesn't really require much work or effort. It's just a little planning. And if you dig it, then it's a great thing to do. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I- I really like this question that you put in here about do you hoard points? And do do you? And in addition to credit cards, what about things like hotel points or rental cars or? Yeah. So I, um, I put it in there because I realized like I did hoard points. So for credit cards, I've gotten better where I'm just like, I, I was like saving up points so I can do something with it. But it's like, you're losing money to inflation. Like it's real dollars, right? So when you put, when you, you, I could get cash back, right? So at some point in the last two years, I was like, 
fuck this. I'm just getting cash back. I'm not going to save it for someday in the future to do something. I'm just going to get the cash back right now and get the cash value now, not some earned value in the future, right? So it's pretty tough to do. And it does tie back to our other episodes on cognitive biases. I don't know which probably five biases it covers, but like there's some weird psychology going with it. Do I hoard points? The answer is yes, but I'm trying to get over it. So quick example, I'm going to visit my sister in Richmond, Virginia pretty soon. And I have 190,000 points with United. And I'm like, oh, I've been saving the points, like blah, blah, blah. Been accumulating more. You're in your accumulation phase. There's no point. So I'm like, I'm just going to use the points. Of course, like there could be some point um, exchange where the flight is a really bad deal or something like that. But this one was roughly okay. Like I tried to equate the points to the dollar value and I'm like, I think it's probably close enough. Who really gives a shit? Like I have all these points that are going to go away or I'll use them. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to use the points and it's a lot of, I mean, 200,000 points is a pretty good amount. So So I started to use it. And the thing is I do hoard points, but I'm trying to get over it and just like get those bonuses, move forward, like stop saving it for some future time that may not come. Do you hoard points? Um, I don't intentionally hoard points. No. If I have the opportunity (laughs) to use them, I will. Yeah. And I try to use them for something fun. I, I was curious about this though, because I had listened to your episode with, uh, with Carl and Mindy, and they were talking about just kind of that money mindset of how do you go from a saver to a spender? And I think it applies to more than just money. You know, it's, it is, it's things like this with the points where, oh, I have to hang on to it. I have to hang on to it. And you even said, I was accumulating, right? You're like in the accumulation phase of right. points. Yeah. Which um, that's what the credit card companies want you to do. Right. They want you to just like accumulate the points and never use them. And I'm like, I'm going to cash these fuckers out. I'm going to use these points. I'll show you. Yeah. So, and the thing is like when I used to, um, it's been many years since I traveled for work, but I accumulated like a ton of points and I, I think I hung on to them for like six or seven years. And then eventually uh, Elizabeth and I went on vacation, took like first class flights and um, it was great. It was, you know, it was, it was worth it. But now, you know, a little bit older, I'm like, okay, I can use them for that if, if possible. But we're also fortunately, luckily we're in a position where like, if we really wanted to get those, luxury seats we could pay for it now i don't know if we would but we have the option yeah so and that's um yeah quick uh note you're talking about the episode with carl and mindy about being on ramit sates Mm -hmm. i I will teach you to be rich okay and we can quick tangent self-indulgent on my part but um what'd you think of the episode the your episode or the Ramit episode? Both. Ooh, putting me on the spot. Yeah. So I really admire the courage that 
Carl and Mindy had to do it to go on this show. And if you guys have ever watched, I will teach you to be rich. Ramit asks very good questions. And he, Carl says this in the mile high fi episode, he will just wait. He wants you to sit with it. He wants you to make sure you are answering the right question. And I, I really enjoyed that. I have read Ramit's book. I listened to his podcast. So it was nice to hear someone that we know on there. And I also think it's interesting because a lot of us have recently read Die With Zero and we're focused on experience and actually running out of points, right? Like intentionally spending all of our money. I think it's, I found it interesting and I was really curious about how people do lead with money. I don't think I realized that, that a lot of people do lead with how much something costs or justifying. And I think we put qualifiers on so much in our lives. And then it made me examine my own dialogue and what else I qualify. Yeah. You know, it's like, and I, I'm not sure that I do it so much with money as I do with health, where I feel like I'm always defending or qualifying how much I run. And really, it should just be, I enjoy running. So that's why I do it instead of, oh, well, it's, you know, like, I feel like I'm always qualifying or justifying, like, oh, I'm really stressed out. So that's why I ran so far. Or, yeah. you know, I feel like I have to qualify my behavior in so many ways, like what I eat or what I'm doing. And I, I do think in this community, Mindy pointed out, right, she's leading with cost versus experience. And, you know, she had this feeling, and it must be heavy to have this feeling that you're the financial expert, and so you should know it all. Well, that's a lot to carry and to have to, like, play that role or that part in a community. And it made me think more about that too. And really just getting curious about what is a money expert and what does that mean? And what, what is money to each of us? So it brought up a lot of questions, a lot of self-reflection. What yeah. did you think of it? Yeah, I thought it was awesome. I mean, I, I talked to Carl and Mindy, I think like right after the episode uh, that they recorded with Ramit and yeah, it sounded super intense uh, overall. And I found the edited finished product uh, super interesting, especially since we don't edit our show very much at all, unless there's like some major mistake that happens. And they took, you know, the I will teach you to be rich team took the three and a half hours and put it into an hour and 20 minutes or so. And it's like, it's all gold. Right. And there are, they left in those pauses that you're talking about, which is super interesting, right? People are uncomfortable with silence and they'll try to fill it in. And he just, for me, just asked the question and let's an answer. And I love too how he goes back. If the point wasn't heard, like if, if you're answering the wrong question, he brings it back and he asks it in another way and he reframes it again. And 
it, it makes me think so much that one, the way that a question is posed matters. Like sometimes people don't hear it or they need to hear the same question a million different ways before it clicks, like before the concept actualizes. And two, the messenger matters, right? Because you hear things differently from different people. How many conversations have Mindy and Carl had about money? And then you bring in someone else and it changes the entire, entire landscape. Yeah. Yeah. So we could go on and on, but we'll link up so that you could check out the interview on I will teach you to be rich. And then the one, the follow-up that I did with Carl and Mindy and Carl texted me like yesterday and he was like, I want to do another follow-up. So at this point in time that we're recording this, Carl and Mindy and the family, they got back from Hawaii. So they did a bunch of stuff. And I think probably for the first time in a while, like they unplugged and like kind of didn't do, I mean, they just had a good time, right? For about three yeah. weeks. Is that, they, they were, were gone for like three weeks or something? And not yeah. do. Um, I so, love that. Have you heard that quote that you're, you're a human being, not a human doing? Okay. Yeah. And right. So it's like, how do you find that balance between being and doing? You yeah. know, where's that balance? Yeah. It's tough because we get really good at doing stuff. And then you want to keep doing more of the thing that you're good at. And then uh, you realize you hate that thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like the home renovations that they, they like can't, they couldn't stop themselves. Right. Um, one, one more thing. Uh, like since I've started the podcast with Carl, like seriously, like perpetually um, his projects are about two weeks out. Everything's two weeks out from being done. And um, that's gone on for like two and a half years. I think they've turned the corner. I think they turned the corner on this and we'll just have to wait and see. We won't know. A lot of pressure We're crossing on our fingers. Yeah. But by them going on Ramit's show and talking about it, they now have like a confirmation bias, I think. We're, I'm, I'm yep. transitioning into our biases here. Nicely done. So I, I, <laughs> I've had... A couple issues. All right. So let me, I'm going to lay it out. I'm going to try and do it as quickly as possible. I'm going to throw out some numbers, but it's pretty straightforward here. People might remember that I had a, uh, in air quotes, a free gym membership. So we used to live at apartments uh, just down the road here. I was friendly with the office manager, the office staff. And when we moved out three and a half years ago, I said, Hey, I'm going to live down the street. Is it okay if I just come in here to work out? It's pretty empty most of the time. They said, sure. It's no problem at all. You just, you know, have to come in during office hours when the doors open. I don't get like 24 hour access. And I, I was like, that's cool. No problem. Never very crowded. Nice enough, gym. There's fast Wi-Fi. I enjoyed the place. So I've been going there for a while. And then earlier this year. When you say a while. Three and a half years. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So a pretty That's long pretty time. That's good ROI. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it was a great deal. <laughs> but I, I was, uh, like I said, I was, I was friendly. You know, some people are, are dicks to the office staff or whatever. Like we brought, uh, I brought cookies from the Christmas cookie party. 
um, the manager was Filipino as well. So I brought her some chicken adobo at one point. Like, I mean, yeah, you're I'm kind. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And once I got the free hookup, I was like, well, I got to make sure we keep on the good side of this. So anyway, my friends, uh, slowly, some of the team cycled out. Then some people got promoted. They're working at different areas. So earlier this year, the manager said that uh, she was going to be leaving. It was probably going to be okay, but she couldn't say she was just not going to be there. So she was like, you can do what you want. I'm not going to tell on you or anything, but you know, they may ask you not to come here anymore. Like this podcast at your own risk. (laughs) So I kept going because I mean- why not give it a shot? I'm friendly. You know, I wave, say hello. And uh, so that went on for a few more months. And then the last person that I knew there, she was like, hey, I am going to be transferred as well. And I don't care. The new manager is here. She doesn't really know like the hundreds of people that live there. But the this other uh, office person she doesn't want you to come here anymore. I don't know if she's actually going to say anything. I don't know why she doesn't want you here, but um, she may ask you to leave. So I was like, I, I've had a good run here. And um, I kept going for like another month or so. Again, it's just, it's easy to go. So, okay. So my free gym access is ending. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to go back there. They asked me nicely a couple of times. It's been a good run. I live uh, very close to the rec center here in Longmont. And Elizabeth uh, joined, you joined for a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys were- We were, were a couple. You were a couple, you know, you got a- You got a you, great you, deal on a, on a couple's membership. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I, I don't need, I don't need to get into a thruple situation. I got my own membership. So you guys did your thing for a little while. But Elizabeth also got- a 20 visit pass. Here's where I'm going to throw out some numbers. So a 20 visit pass is $96 or about $5 per visit. The couple's membership that y'all got is, um, it was $755 per year, but you just got a quarterly thing. But whenever I actually join, I'm going to get $755 couple membership for a year, which is $63 per month or $2.10 per day. So here's the thing. As I mentioned, uh, I think probably earlier in this episode, I'm going to be taking some time off. We're going to be out of town. So we have something like 10 visits left on the pass and we're going to be going out of town for several weeks. So I was trying to figure out the optimal solution, the, the very best way to either get the couple membership for a year use the the 10 passes the the 10 visits left on the 20 pass card and whether I should work out or not so that that was what it was coming down to I was like I think I want to work out but I'm gonna have to use one of the five dollar visits on the on the 20 pass card and I was like oh, maybe I won't work out because I don't want to use it up it was so stupid. And then I was trying to figure out if I could use a certain number of passes and visits until we went on vacation so I could wait to get the year membership until after we returned. 
what do you think of me <laughs> for going through that stupid exercise? I would say that you are normal. <laughs> and I think we all have these conversations in our head where it's it's just so easy to get in your own head and to think about these things. And I think it can be hard to reframe it and to remind yourself of the question that you're really trying to answer. Like, cause this wasn't actually a money question. Was it like, was this truly a money question or was it more about, I guess to me, like, what was the goal? What was your end goal here? So it was the money didn't matter. So the, the actual dollar amounts are trivial and stupid. So to go, Maybe stupid is not the right word. It's a trivial amount. So $2.10 versus $5 versus optimizing that situation is a, a fool's errand. It's an exercise. It doesn't matter at all. And it goes and, back and directly. What's the goal? The goal was to say, like, to use the money as optimal. No, no. What's really the goal? The what I wanted to go work out. That was the goal. Yeah. yeah. So eventually I was just like, um, I'm gonna go work out. And we I was like, I I was talking to Elizabeth and I'm like, I'm debating all this stuff for like a very small amount of money. And the the big thing, the reason why I was struggling, which is the cognitive biases, which I'll let you hit the punchlines here in a second. But it's exactly the habits that Carl and Mindy struggle with because this is the bullshit that we used to think about that we should just stop. Like we should stop thinking about it. Yes, I know for some people like that makes a difference and spend the time to figure out the optimal solution. But for me, it doesn't matter. And the big thing is the health is the most important thing. So like being healthy is way more valuable than $750 a year for both of us, right? We're only talking $2.10 or maybe $5 per visit. And I have, uh, I'm drinking a beer right now. I've drank <laughs> more than the $100 pass in uh, in an evening or in an afternoon, yeah. not even a night uh, drinking situation. Well, and if you, th <laughs> it's so, and if it's you so think stupid. about it, it's like how many, uh, I, you know, $5 mistakes could you make? Right, this is like a $5 yeah. mistake. Yeah. So how many $5 mistakes could you make before it would actually impact your financial situation? Yeah, thousands. Yeah, so then you think, oh, and you're right, you you did put some potential biases that you're struggling with. And I also just want to point out that I I can appreciate that you paused and that you could have that relationship with your partner, with Elizabeth, to say, what, what am I doing? Because then you can think about like, how could I do it differently? What would I do differently next time? Because if you thought about that at all, like when you are struggling with loss aversion and just to remind people what that is, it's the tendency to prefer, prefer avoiding losses to acquiring equivalent gains. So Doug was reluctant to use his 20 day, 20 visit pass because he didn't want to lose the value of those visits. And instead... You know, what if you could reframe that or thought about loss aversion is how many workouts am I missing out on? And is that worth the trade-off? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, now 
just quantifying, like I said, there were 10 visits left. I mean, we're talking about $50 that I was struggling with. <laughs> I was like, oh no, what and am I going to do? Do it. Yeah. And it's like, how do you remind yourself that you're doing it so yeah. that you can not continue down that path? Like, so that you can stop doing it again and again and again. And we keep going back to Carl and Mindy. It's harder. The longer you do something, the harder it is to change that habit. Yeah. And I think it is kind of ingrained in our brains to think about this as as like a financial thing when really it's, oh, I want to work out and I want to work out now. I don't want to work out in three months when I get back. I want to. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just want to yeah. walk to the gym. I know. And I was just like, I don't want to, I don't want to misuse this, you know? But it, it didn't really matter. There's a lot of waste in, in the system anyway. And it's like, we try to avoid it, but it's just, it was just silly once I realized it. So the other uh, couple that I, I noted here was sunk cost bias, which that's one of the, the toughest ones for me. I've gotten better over the years, but you know, you put money or capital or resources or your effort into anything and it's it's hard to let it go impossible i I struggle with this one a lot do you have an example um i'll let you think i'll talk for a second here but with the um sunk cost bias like you have to essentially ignore the past and look at your present situation in the future and the best decision at that point without considering the past. So it's really hard to, it's hard to forget the past, right? Especially if you have invested something into it. Yeah, and when it's shaped who you are, and I'm hesitant to say this example publicly. Well, you don't have to if you don't want to. We'll come back to it. I don't want you to, well, number one, I don't want to have to edit anything, but also- <laughs> no, but I you can think thinking, about it. Yeah. To me, I was thinking about work. Like I have worked for the same organization for 17 and a half years. And I do think that an organization with so much longevity, if you were to think about leaving, that that goes through your mind because that is such a big part of the time that you've invested, the energy, the resources. And so like if you've been with an organization for a long time or you've had the same job or you've lived in the same city, I think all those things come to play where all of a sudden it's harder to leave. It's harder to move. It's harder to take on a new job. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Okay. Last one is the maximization bias which is like optimizing, which is not really my style. I am not an optimizer. You are. Can you just explain what that is for people? Like the difference between maximizing or optimizing and satisficing? Because I think satisficing is a word we don't talk about mm-hmm. enough. Yeah. So maximizing and or optimizing is like trying to make the very best decision and consume all the data that you can and like really try to get the very best outcome that is possible. And then satisficing is basically getting a solution that's good enough that meets the minimum criteria that is required for that solution. So quick example um, would be 
maybe a hotel or an Airbnb, right? For me, I, I can pick one really quickly. I take a quick look. The reviews are good enough. It's generally in the right location, meets the budget, right? I'm literally going through the checklist of things that it needs to meet on a minimal basis. My wife, Elizabeth, she's a maximizer. She'll look through like 50 of them. She'll look through all the details. That she, she'll look at as much information as possible. And then she'll look some more. And then maybe she'll book it. And then maybe she'll keep looking to see maybe yeah. if there's a better um, option out there that pops up. Maybe there's a cancellation. I would never do that. I just get the minimum and um, move forward. And if people want more details, uh, it's The Paradox of Choice by Barry Schwartz, which I just read. I think you could probably read a summary of it and get the the main idea. And then I was going to throw one more in there yeah. from another book that I just read. This book, it, the book is called How Not to Die Alone by Logan Neary. And she talks about how there's the maximizer, the satisficer, and then a hesitator. And the hesitator Ooh. is the one that is so overwhelmed by options that they just retreat and don't do anything at all. So they stop the continuous search and they stop continuing to look and they just retreat and like, oh, guess I'm just going to keep putting it off and putting it off and kicking the can down the road because I don't want to look at the options. That's that's awesome. That's a more modern book, right? Yeah. Okay. And I was going to say like now with sort of like the online world, I think Paradox of Choice was written like in the early 2000s or so, the aughts. And a lot of the research was done, whatever, 80s and 90s. So like now we have a million like on netflix hulu right like how many i unfortunately used to do this and try to just don't touch the remote control but like i'm just like i can't make a decision there's like a there's hundreds or there's thousands of things that i can scroll through and i don't know what to watch i'm like uh, i'm just not going to watch anything and i have just turned off the tv i'm like this is wasting my time um but now with like social media or like endless choices on YouTube or whatever people maybe will hesitate and they're just like, this is too much. I can't handle our brains. Weren't really made to like deal with that much input, especially on the social media side. Yeah. It's way too much. Yeah. Man. All right. This is a random episode. Is, is there, is there anything else with uh, biases? Is there any other, or are there any others that you can identify off the top of your head that were uh, mixing me up in this situation? Uh, nothing that I can think of in this situation. I will say. Oh, you have other. <laughs> I have other thoughts. So <laughs> I just, I feel like I would be remiss not to say this with so many people listening. So many people. <laughs> One of the things that keeps me from getting a rec membership is that it costs 18% more as a single person than if I had a couple. So if I'm coupled up, it's less expensive than if I just have a solo membership. And for some reason, in my head, that's not the goal is not money. The goal is working out. The goal is having a place to swim and to sauna and to occasionally lift weights. 
And also, I'm struggling with a lot of these same things where I'm just like, mm, no, this is not okay. <laughs> <laughs> the sauna is good. It's hot in there. Like, it's a decent sauna. You've been in it before, yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm a firm believer in, like, saunas are so good for your health, for your mental health, your physical health. And yet, still stuck on the 18%. And we, we, we looked, there's not, um, a nanny option. Yeah. There's not, a nanny for yeah. yeah. I was like trying to, we're like, Oh, can we just add another person for the household? We're like, we'll say we're a thruple. And then they'll be like, Oh, well we can't discriminate against people's lifestyle choices or whatever. Um, but they don't have that option. So we looked yeah. into it. Thank you. Yeah. You know what? I should just give you the, the, remaining passes so you can hit the sauna at least a couple times this summer before i got the access over there you know i was thinking i could just sit in my truck with the windows up in the summer here because it's pretty hot Mm -hmm. in there but it's not the same my neighbor actually does that and he sits in his car and uses it as a sauna (laughs) (laughs) i mean it gets hot in there so i don't know sure does all right so Let's start wrapping it up here. I talked about myself pretty much the whole time. So Can we talk about this last one a little bit. Yes, like, that's what just, I want. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that that is the last one. Why don't you intro it? Yeah. So I'm not sure if it is a product of being from the Midwest or maybe it's a middle child thing. I have a really hard time saying no. To me, that word. And I'm better now. I've done a lot of work on just practicing the pause and not giving an answer right away or saying, you know, thank you for trusting me with that. I need a day to think about it. You know, thank you for this opportunity. I need 48 hours to consider it. And I still have my stomach squirm when I have to say no. And then I also feel the need to justify, right? Like I can't do this for you because da, 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 da. and then i think well D- dusty what are you doing <laughs> like just say you don't want to do this say no and actually earlier i saw this book that doug has on the on the top of this list and i asked if i could borrow it and it's hell yeah or no and i was like man how do i get better at saying no but you seem to struggle with the same thing yeah. And quick, quick note, that book is by Derek Sivers and we'll link up to it. I think technically you'd read a lot of it on his blog, but huh. you could borrow the book. I actually got the print version here. Yeah. So I, I've gotten a lot better. I'm also a middle child and I don't know. I don't know if that has a lot to do with it. Uh, the middle children are, you know, the the forgotten ones. We sure are. (laughs) Um, But I've gotten a lot better. However, while we were doing like the, the, we were just talking, I was going to say a pre-interview, but we were just talking and I was like, you know what? I find myself in a situation where I'm a little bit stressed out, which I usually don't get stressed out. And it's going to impact some of the vacation, which I was intending on not doing any work, but I am flexible and I don't work that much. So I was like, ah, oh, maybe able to do this thing. 
which I'll explain some of the details in a second. But when we were chatting, I was like, I should have just said, no, I'm on vacation. I'm not going to fucking bend over backwards, right? It was really not a big deal, but here's why it's a little stressful. So it was an interesting um, opportunity to talk with like an Amazon employee. So my other, uh, my business has a lot to do with Amazon associates and Amazon is a very big company, doesn't really have much customer service for Amazon affiliates and people that work in that sort of area. You know, we're happy to be part of the system, but they usually don't give us any customer support. Someone uh, contacted me and they were like, hey, I've worked out um, something where you could interview a liaison at Amazon, an actual employee, not a third party or anything like that. But like you can ask Amazon questions and you can get questions from your audience and you can um, yes, publish it's a great it. great opportunity. Good opportunity, right? I think part of the reason why they wanted to talk to me, like they selected me out of many people. Um, I was like, I don't need Amazon. <laughs> and I, I don't really care that much. I'm like, it's interesting that they want to do this. But, um, you know, like I don't need to work with them, right? So I think part of it is just like, I don't, I didn't care that much. Right. Uh -huh. And so a couple things happen. So one, there's some weird deadline and, and short time frame on it within like two weeks. Right. So I was like, okay, like this should be fine. I'm like, I'm going to be out of town. I'll be in an Airbnb. I'm going to be on vacation, but I could do this for like one hour. It's like one hour. However, the thing is, I don't know how good the Wi-Fi is at this Airbnb. Or, uh, and you also don't have your setup. You won't, yeah. Things will be a little bit different. All, all of it's doable. You know, I've done it before. And the thing is, the, the question mark is uh, how good the Wi-Fi is going to be. So I'm a little stressed about that because I'm going to have, you know, two people on, someone from Amazon. It's kind of a big deal. Um, however, like I said, <laughs> I don't, I don't care that much. Like, it's interesting, but I'm like, this is not going to move the needle uh, very much. But I'm like, I don't want to let people down, right? I could have said, no, I'm on vacation. If you want to do it, I could do it the next week. Here are your options. Work with me. Instead, I'm like, oh, it's this, this is the week. What the fuck? Like, it's been yes. many years. Like, you could wait a week. So I'm sort of questioning myself. Yes. Well, and isn't it crazy to you how the trade-off isn't clear in your head? Like some people that I know, they would hear that question and the trade-off is so clear. It's like, be stressed out about my vacation, not be stressed out. You're reaching out to me. I'm free next week. Here are your options. And it's so easy for them. And then in my head, I'm always like, but I'm going to let someone down and I can figure it out and I can make everyone happy and I can do all the things. Right. And the thing is, so, so that was part of it. And really like the, the takeaway here is I could, I should have just been like, I don't know if the Wi-Fi is going to be good then. So I'm back in the office the following week that that's your option. You have whatever, 50 or 60 other people that you could choose from. So if it doesn't work with your schedule, um, you know, fucking talk to the other people. Um, so that, that was one, the other sort of thing that like made it a little stressful is 
they didn't, um, this is a side note, but they didn't get as many questions as like I thought, or the, you know, the, the marketing person that I'm working with setting everything up. It's just like, oh, you're not getting as many questions as I thought. And I was like, yeah, me neither. I don't know. You gave yeah. me three days, so I'm not really sure, but, um, you know, I'll do what I can, but it's like a little added pressure. I don't have any, I mean, the, the fact is that person has some skin in the game. I don't have any yeah. skin in the game. So it's like, I mean, I don't want to let him down, but at the same time, it's like, I don't, I don't give a fuck that much, yeah. I guess. But thanks for letting me vent. And it was kind of weird, but it is, it's literally like, I could have just said, here are the boundaries. And I'm, the big thing is I'm unsure because I'm a pro, right? Like I, I say I'm lazy and all that stuff, but like, it's pretty good down here. The video it's, looks pretty good. It's awesome down here. And I don't want to do himself enough credit. So if I'm doing an interview, like I don't want to compromise and I don't want to have to go to like a co-working space where I'm like, okay, I'm setting, I'm setting this up and it's uh 90% as good as it could be. Like, I don't want to do that. So that's the situation where I'm just like, I want to just flip on the lights and have everything how I have it set up. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm complaining. Well, <laughs> I mean, essentially you're recognizing that trade-off and it would have been great if you could have recognized it instantly without all the clutter that yeah. comes into our heads so that you could have just set that boundary and everyone probably would have been fine with it and would have been happy. Yeah. And that's the part that always amazes me is that I think... 98% of the time, everything works out fine. So why didn't I just say exactly what I thought right away instead of having all of these thoughts? And I'm getting better. And also, I'm just not quite there. Like, I am I still struggle with some people to say no or to clearly articulate. Right. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you don't say no to me and you record these because... Um... <laughs> <laughs> I need your, I need your help. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it's really, yeah, it's really tough when you don't want to let people down mm -hmm. and then it's kind of unclear. Like everything is so clear now that we've talked about it. But like you said, if you take a little bit of time and think about it a little bit and sometimes if people work online, I know there's not, you know, a huge number, but if people work online, there will be opportunities that come your way that seem very unique and very special. And usually they're not, they're almost not very, almost all of them are not very interesting. And I don't know, does this come up in the real estate world or any, I mean, do you get like, because you're successful, do you get people that are like, Oh, I want to work with you in some capacity? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. We, I feel like we get that or I get a lot of, hey, I know you do this. Could you help me with this? Oh, I know you do this. Could you help me with this? And also, you know, I think with everything, another opportunity is going to come. Because you're right. It's not once in a lifetime, even though yeah. it seems like it at the moment. Yeah. And then when you see so many of them, like occasionally, like this one did seem a little interesting, but at the same time, like you could hear me. I'm just like, I lost my enthusiasm a little bit and I'm like, yeah, like I don't care that much. So luckily this episode will come out after 
<laughs> the, the conversation and the other episode goes live. Um, but yeah, we'll check in later to let you know how it went. Cause I don't know. I may try to record it at the, uh, I think there's a Walmart close by so I could yeah. like drive to Walmart. They have, have good Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. Yeah. So that's doable. I have good microphones so I could basically record in my car and it would be fine, you know? Yeah. So anyway, all right, Dusty, anything else on your mind? No, if you have any tips on how to say no, feel free to send them to Doug or I. We clearly need the advice. Yeah, so much. All right, where can people find you? Yes, you can find me on Instagram at Dustina Louise, or you can find me on Facebook at Dusty Nicole. All right. Well, I'm curious, what might people expect to see on your feed? What, what do you mm. post out there? You know, not very much. All right. So maybe I'll work on that. Maybe Doug will hold me accountable to start putting some things out there. Right now, it's just uh, some adventures in Longmont, really. So we talked a little bit about carting and our um, sound check. So you'll get some pictures of podium carting, a friend that threw a concert, Tom LaFond, hiking, happy hours, uh, an upcoming birthday party with pizza, and (laughs) whatever, Christmas cookies. Um, So just kind of, yeah, adventures in Longmont. All right. Yeah, no, you're not marketing anything. You're, it's just like your life on yeah. there. Cool. Yeah. You could, uh, we should uh, do a selfie in here while we're recording before we turn everything off so people could check that out as, as one of the pictures. All right. Thanks, Dusty. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Anytime. Thanks for listening to the show. That was the Mile High Five podcast, and I'm Doug Cunnington, the Balder host, and Carl Jensen is the cool, sexy one. If you dig the show, please do three things for us. Number one, tell a friend, a family member, an enemy about the show. We really don't care who you tell. Maybe forward them a specific show that you know that they will like. It's the single most helpful thing that you can do to spread the word. It's like giving us a virtual high five. And uh, actually, we don't give high fives in, in person. So the virtual kind is pretty good. And more importantly, your friend or family member or even your enemy will appreciate the fact that you were thinking of them. Number two, make sure you're following or subscribed on your podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, YouTube, whatever you're using, and that way you won't miss a show. And number three, please leave us a rating and review. We read them on the show occasionally, and you might hear yours out there on an upcoming episode. Quick disclaimer, this show is not financial or legal advice. I'd actually be surprised if it sounded like it. It's really just for entertainment, and that's at least what we're hoping for. But seriously, get advice from professionals. Carl and I are just two guys with microphones that sit in my basement and talk. So we'll catch y'all next week. We hang out sometimes, Dusty, and recently we were invited to our friend's birthday named Kyle. Shout out to Kyle. Thanks for inviting us. And it was, it was super awesome. It was at um, this go-karting place called um, Podium. Is that Mm -hmm. right? And I I raced. It was pretty fun. And tell the story. Did you, did you race? What what was the story? I watched 
I thought it was going to be scary. So after being there, I would totally race. Okay. But I I did think it was going to be a little more intimidating than it was. Yeah. It. Um, I had been one other time, and these are much different than like go-karts when we were like growing up where you may see them at like the putt-putt place or whatever. These are like little race cars. They go like 40, 45 miles an hour or something like that. And they are very, um, it's like a very stiff suspension. They're almost right on the ground. Like you kind of have to, you know, kind of sit down. You guys were like sitting right on the ground and then you had your legs out. Yeah. Looked like it would hurt your back. And um, the the back was okay. Um, The thing is, it's very sort of like physically demanding as far as like turning and like, you know, really- yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's very, a lot of vibration and stuff like that. Anyway, super fun. And um, I don't know exactly how, I came in second twice. So there were a couple different heats. And similar to the last episode that we did before, I'll let Dusty tell a little bit of the story. So our other, we, it, everyone was friends, right? Um, Big group of friends. Yeah. And we should also say that Kyle is a little little competitive which since you can't see this you you would be able to see that i'm clearly exaggerating so (laughs) kyle and his wife were in one heat and we had enough people that there were two race heats so kyle and his wife were in one one heat and i just want to make sure that tizzy gets the praise that she deserves because she beat kyle in her heat she did yeah it was really fun to watch because she was so excited the second heat that Doug was in was faster. And our friend Annie, who has a podcast called Side Dish, all about Longmont, we encourage you guys to check it out. Annie is a little competitive as well. So it's probably good that her and Kyle were not in the same heat. It would have come to blows. So Annie goes all out. And the first race, she just blows everyone away. She's going so fast. And then Doug, he was just kind of getting warmed up. So he did really well at the end of the first heat. Second time around, he was ready. He was like ready to rock, ready to go. And they have flags in the race. The flag you need to know is the blue flag. So if this poor high schooler who's making maybe minimum wage gets out and puts himself in danger to wave these flags, if he's waving the blue flag... It means someone wants to pass you. Allow them to pass. Well, they were going, going, going. Elizabeth and I are watching the the screens and we're seeing the times and we're like, oh, go, Doug, go. <laughs> Doug is right on Annie's tail and Annie gets the blue flag. But Annie didn't realize that she got the blue flag. So she's like looking behind her, she's like, that can't be for me. I, but I was I, I was like anyone. right on her bumper. Yeah, she couldn't even see me. I was so close. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think if you had gone out to the side a little more, made a little evident, or maybe give given her like a little love tap? I can you love tap in go-karts? I think if you if I would have done it, it would have been like a uh, a small collision <laughs> not not a love not tap, a love tap. No, yeah i didn't, I didn't have quite enough control but um you know the funny thing we we placed um 
we were very close. We were then like, whatever, like uh, hundreds of a second apart in the first heat. And I started right behind her. So I was like, oh, cool. And for the people that haven't done it before, it's all based on time. Yeah, so, so how fast your lap is, not how fast the total race is, but just who has the fastest lap. Right. And it doesn't matter like if you start, you know, last or you start first, like it's not like you have to pass everyone and finish first. It's all, it's a race against yourself basically. Yeah. As long as people get out of your way. So <laughs> <laughs> as long as people get out of your way, but the thing is Doc's I was right under anything, Annie. <laughs> I was right under bumper the whole time. And, um, I was, I was actually hoping that I could lag back far enough where I didn't need to pass her and then just be able to like get one faster lap. Now though, she had the fastest lap. I was just behind her. But the thing is I had the best overall time. Mm. So that's the one, one piece. And Annie was actually very apologetic. I didn't, I didn't care. I'm not super competitive. And I was like, that was pretty funny. But she was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't really know. Fun. I thought it was for someone else. I was like, why are they showing me the the blue flag? <laughs> so it was really fun. Highly recommend uh, checking out those go-karting things. And yeah. I think you ladies were like, hey, we should do like a ladies group, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I definitely want to go down there for ladies night. Yeah. That'd be pretty fun. So podium, I'm sure there's other other places all across the country there. <laughs> 